you feel beautiful? Do you look beautiful? Does one really affect the other? Welcome to Beauty Inside and Out with host Bonnie Bonadeo. In our show, we'll help you uncover your true self and unleash beauty that you never knew existed in order to be at your best, both inside and out. Now, here is your host, Bonnie Bonadeo. Hi, everybody. Welcome. You know, today we're talking about the power of positive thinking. And I have to tell you that when things don't work or things go a little awry, positive thinking is <laughs> And my guest today, Gary Howell, who's the owner of a newly formed um, NUMA coaching company called NUMA Coaching Advantage and NUMA uh, Coaching Institute. He's the co-founder of it, and, and or he's the founder of it, and he's the co-founder of Breathing Life International. He's going to fill us in on all of what that means, but today we're going to talk about the power of positive thinking. And I know as a coach, this is kind of this is one of those big deals for me, and I and I kind of reference it in um, in a term of, for me, I reference it as I'm either managing my emotions or I'm not, and there's really no mm-hmm. in between. Managing my emotions or I'm not, and um, at that point, that kind of allows me to be able to see how do I shift this. So I'm excited to be able to talk with Gary, and he's a he's a return guest. We had a great conversation last time we were on oh, the yeah. show, and it yep. was it was really a lot of fun. So Gary, welcome to Beauty Inside and Out again. Well, thank you, Bonnie. I'm I'm really glad you got me back on, uh, and I agree. We had a great time last time. In fact, it was so good, I don't even think we stuck to the topics we said we were going to talk about. We just went on a rant, didn't we? We didn't. We ended up just having a really great conversation because we had a lot of similarities in some of the things that we struggled with in life and some of the things that we mm-hmm. uh, have accomplished in life. And so that made um, that made it a fantastic conversation. And so I'm excited about this conversation too, but I do want to, I do just want to give you a little kudos here because, you know, my virtual assistant is your daughter, Megan. And um, that's how we all got connected to begin with. And Megan, uh, shout out to Megan because she has been just an absolute uh, delight to work with and has kept me above water. And I'm telling you, I probably would have been in that pool of negativity if I didn't have Megan to keep (laughs) me above water. She's a pretty good uh, virtual assistant, not a bad daughter either. I got to throw that in. So, yeah, perfect, good. Well, we're having we're having a little bit of uh, technical difficulties here today. So Gary's on the phone with us. So Gary, one of the things that I that I'm noticing is it, for me, it's a little hard to hear. So talk slower for me, so I can okay. understand what you're doing. I know that how it's being filtered through to um, to our live radio show is a, is a little bit better than what I can hear it as right now. So, Gary, tell okay. us a little bit about, give us a little history, because you weren't always a coach um, and talking about positive thinking. Give us a little history of, of how you got started and how this whole coaching system uh, that you created uh, evolved. Well, for, oh, 17, well, actually, 20-something years, I was a, a pastor as well. I worked with youth. Uh, then I, w- I was a youth pastor, a college pastor, then a, a teaching pastor. I always, always loved talking. Uh, my wife will say I can talk till I actually say something. Not sure that's a compliment, but I'm taking it as one. So uh, I-, I found that I really loved people, and it was time to make a shift. And uh, I loved seeing people uh, make positive growth. And having gone through some of the tragedies in my life and understanding what pain is, I became almost obsessed with not keeping people from pain, because I think pain is important, 
but walking through them with pain and then helping them reframe that pain into a, a positive thing. I mean, isn't that just the best part of redemption when you can pull or extract something positive and light out of something negative and dark? And I love to walk that through with people. Yeah, absolutely. But I have to ask you this, and this might be a little personal, but I hope that you're willing to share something here if it, if it is in fact true. Sometimes when we can help other people walk through pain, it's because we've been through some kind of pain ourselves. Oh, absolutely. And, and I'll even add on to that. Sometimes when we're helping people with pain, it's a great distraction not to work on our own. So uh, sometimes... Uh, it's a good, it's a good delusion, but, uh, you, you still have to work on yours while you're working on others. And yeah, uh, my wife and I experienced a lot of pain and it helps me. It's really, uh, elevated my empathy gifts. And so I, I love to help people walk through their dark part into a, a place of positivity. Yeah. So what was it that, um, that you had to deal with here in the pain? I mean, it's, it, it sounds like it's, and I loved how you shared that sometimes when helping other people through their pain, it allows us to avoid our own boy, that yeah. is the truth. So what were you avoiding? Did that strike a nerve? Did that strike a nerve? <laughs> yeah, it did. Yeah. Well, it was, uh, in fact, I was, uh, I took a little, uh, what I call a peace perspective walk today. I went through uh, the cemetery because uh, this month it will be actually 30 years. I can't believe it. We had uh, that my youngest daughter had passed away, and and our first daughter had passed away. My wife and I have lost two children: a, a two-year-old girl and a basically a one-year-old girl. And so I know the depths of pain and of loss and and grieving. And I I chose not to let that control me, but to try to control that and extract something positive from a pretty negative situation. Oh, I'm sorry that you, uh, for your loss with your two daughters, but I can, I can, I can hear in your spirit that they're still with you and that it's that you've seen, you know, uh, the support in understanding the coaching process and the healing process that not only had it helped you, but now you're helping others. And that's, that's the gift. There's a gift in that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it does elevate your empathy gifts. And, uh, I, I think in you as well, all the coaches that we in a network of people, we, we all have that similar cord where we want to take people from here to there, from a, a negative to positive, from sickness to health. And I think that's what, that's probably where our connection was six, eight months ago. We both kind of share that same desire. Yeah. So let's let's talk a little bit about that negative to positive, because I think sometimes we subconsciously don't realize we're being negative. Oh, yeah, I agreed. I, I usually have this uh, matrix I work through with my clients. Uh, so they'll come and they'll say they're in a depression and they don't know why. So I'll always run them through uh, this what I call a choice matrix. So I'll start by saying, Tell me, what do you focus on more? What do you focus on? What you don't have or what you do have? Mm. No, a lot of times say, well, what I don't have. Then I'll say, you focus on uh, what you can control or what you can't control. Mm-hmm. And they'll say, what I can't control. I'll say, do you focus on the past, the present, or the future? And most of the time they say the past. So I, I'll bring to their attention, you focus on what you don't have, what you can't control, and the hurts of the past, and you wonder why you're depressed. So my uh, 
the thing I love to do is let them know you are in control of what you think, how much you think about it. And uh, I usually hand them a little remote control. So you're in charge of changing the stations. I can't do that for you. Yeah. You know, I think that one of the chapters that I wrote from this book here, Empowering You, Transforming Lives, was based on our conversation that we talked about in that choice matrix. Because the power of the negative words um, seems to super exceed the positive words. Yes. Yeah. Like don't has more power than do. And and, you know, um, hate has more power than love sometimes. And sometimes we just get caught up in that energy. That energy is very, very powerful that it's hard for us to get out of it. And it really does go back to how we're hardwired money. We're not really hardwired uh, for auto responses of happiness. We're really hardwired survival, which means I walk into a room, I don't say, oh, how beautiful, isn't this a lovely room? I say, is there anything here that can hurt me? Is there anything here that's causing danger? That tends to lead towards negativity. So when I want to be positive or happy, I have to be intentional about that. It's just not going to happen on its own. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I love that. You know, I wanted to, I wanted to ask you about then, you know, in you healing yourself and, and having access to being able to do the coaching that you're doing now, how long have you had your company, NUMA Coaching? Uh, well, I just kind of rebranded it. Uh, I left, I left uh, the passionate part of the ministry in 2010, December of 2010. Now, I've done a lot of it underneath that umbrella, but I've been on my own probably, what's going on, nine years now, nine years. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's great. That's wonderful. And then we talk about this kind of this positive to negative space um, from a from a term of like being hardwired. But can you explain that a little bit more? Like when we talk about the when we use this this language called hardwire, what does that really mean? If somebody is saying, "I why am I hardwired that way? How do I change my hardwiring?" And. Uh- I'm not sure you can change your hardwiring because that safety mechanism is a, that the survival mechanism is probably what kept mankind still on the planet after all these years. It's uh, more about, uh, I like to call it re- rewriting your story. I mean, we all have a story uh, based on how you grew up, the tribe you grew up in, the experiences. And so sometimes I tell people, my job is to come alongside you and help you co-author a new story. So, I, again, I'm taking control. Uh, the survival technique is great. It's a, it's a huge piece. But if I only look at that piece, I won't be intentional about uh, being happy. I, you know what I find? And you probably found that, too, working with people. Most people really don't think they're worthy or, or deserve to be healthy or, or happy. you find that as well? Yes. Yes, absolutely. And I so that, I... Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry, buddy. I was just going to say that that um, happiness is elusive. I think I think people strive to achieve that, but I think that you're right. I think it's I think it's that reframing that you're talking about. You know, rewriting yeah. that story, changing it up a little bit because we can't change the past. We all know this, um, but why are we dragging it into the future? Right. Correct. And and so while I can't change the event of the past, what I do have the power to to do is to change the meaning of that past. And uh, about three years ago, I really just spent hundreds and hundreds of hours uh, studying and, and just immersing myself in cognitive reframing, which probably simply put is this, 
if I change the definition of something, I also change the feelings and the meaning of something. Uh, I'll give you an example. I was talking to a man who was, he said he was suicidal. I'm not sure, but he'd lost a really, really good job at a major corporation, you know, making six figures. And I kept trying to tell him what good can we find in that. He wasn't having any of that. He wouldn't reframe it. He didn't want to enter into that kind of thinking. About three months later, he got another job making 38% more than he did before. So I said, now I want you to reframe, I want you to reframe your getting laid off. And he said, getting laid off was the greatest thing that ever happened to me. So yes, I, I re, you changed the meaning of being laid off. It initially that meaning was I'm broke, I'm, I'm suicidal to now I, the exact same event. Now was the greatest thing that ever happened to it, you know? Yeah. And, and so I've got to be honest. In the, in the heat of the battle, in the moment of the chaos or the trial or the tragedy, it really is hard to reframe. Reframing is best uh, when you're looking back. So I tried to at least put it in perspective and ask the question, wonder if this trial that you're going through is not happening to you, it's happening for you. For that you. changes everything. Changes everything. And, and he yeah. said... I said, what, what would your perspective change be? He said, well, if it's happening to me, I guess I'm a victim. If it's happening for me, I guess there's a, a lesson I need to learn. You know, bingo. You know, he, he drained some of the power of that negativity out of there. Yeah. Um, I Sometimes we don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. Sometimes we don't see the gift that might be on the other side of it. You know, we've heard all these when a window closes, a door opens or whatever that one is, you know, but we, we <laughs> yeah. really, we really get caught up in why it's happened to us. And then of course, it's a very external energy. They did it to me instead of an internal, maybe it's time that I shift. Maybe there's something else waiting for me. And that's a, that, that process is like you just talked about, that's the, uh, the the choice matrix, I think that you called it. That's the choice matrix. We have to learn that vocabulary and that language, right? Find out what you're focusing on, you have to give it a meaning. And so uh, I I get to give, I get to, I have the power or the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, ownership to define what something means to me. Is, is it, is something bad happened to me, is this a lesson or is it tragedy? Is this Good is it bad? I get to determine that. And this is usually the place in my conversation with the client. I'll hand them the remote control and say, you choose what channel. It's yours, you know. And I think we're afraid of ownership. And, and I love the word you use a lot, you, that shift. We get, a, we get a choice to shift. Or if you don't, the other options are, are what little acrostic I give it is called bear, B-E-A-R. We either blame, make excuses, Mm. avoid or rationalize and th- that's one side of the matrix the other side is i can shift your choice okay say that again what was the a that was the acronym uh, was bear because this is really good for people bear. to remember so they can stay on top of it blame right so you either blame which is not taking ownership you make excuses the e is excuses which is not taking ownership uh a is avoid i just avoid it altogether. <laughs> and then the last one is rationalize, which is, yeah, I did it, but. And when you say but, you totally disregard everything you said before that. So if you find yourself doing any of those four, it's time for a shift because you're not taking ownership and you're, and you're just not going to get out of 
whatever the funk you're in. Yeah. All right. So, so when you're being a bear, remember the acronym on that. <laughs> that's, that's really, that's, that's, uh, that's certainly tweet worthy right there. Blame, excuses, avoid, and rationalize. All right. Let's stay in this for a second. Because okay. all of those, all of those are, are, like you said, not taking ownership or not taking responsibility for your life. So when you have clients, Gary, that are in this space and they're not taking responsibility for their lives, how are they supposed to have a better life? I mean, what is it? What's that moment that you start to see a, a twinkle in their eye where they start to recognize maybe their patterns? You know, I, oh, I love that question because it's the favorite part of, of the counseling coaching process for me. When I get to take someone, in fact, the more negative they are when they come in, the more excited I get because I get the opportunity to, to be the impetus of the shift. I can't do it for them. And you and I, you and I are both, we talked about that last time. We've been drained because sometimes we find ourselves doing more of the work for them than them. And then I come mm-hmm. home and what? Like I have a good life. Why am I depressed today? <laughs> I just spent ten hours with depressed people, and I'm I want it more than they do. So I, when they come in at that place, I try to I try to always do the opposite. I'll find two or three things where they've been in, they they're meaningful to me. Uh, like every time you come in here, I, I look forward to you coming in here because you have a good smile. I start to show their self worth, and they start to feel good. It's mm-hmm. it's the, just the uh, the brilliance of affirmation affirmation. Uh, is a arch enemy of the depression. You can't have them both, you know? And so I'd love to do that. I'd love to see the spark when they realize it's almost like you can see them say, I am worthy of happiness and I, I can do this. I mean, that's why they came to us in the first place, right? Yeah. It's, um, I, I love, I love this conversation we're having. I get all juiced up by it because it really, <laughs> there really is truth to this. When, I, I think the world is lacking an enormous amount of acknowledgement and affirmation. We are yes. so, we are being so hateful to each other. And listen, life is stressful enough. Just me being me is stressful enough without having, you know, people yeah. being nasty to me for unjust cause or, or I'm not maybe communicating effective enough for people to, to understand what my needs are. Um, and then I'm getting angry with them and we're really wrapped up in this. And I mean, and if you look at all the angst that's even going on in society, like we have to, we have to get better at acknowledging and creating that value and that appreciation yeah. towards others. And if I take time and intentionally do that, I can't do that and try to cut them down at the same time. I can't. I can't give value at the same time take value for somebody. So again, remote control, what station do I want? I, I want to affirm people. I want to, uh, you know what? And, and by the way, I don't want anybody coming over to my house with a black light looking too, cause you're going to find faults at my place. So I don't really have, they didn't, they didn't come to you. They didn't come to me for us to tell them how bad they feel about how bad they already feel. You know, that that's, there's nothing productive in that. So I love that piece where I get to be the first, point of affirmation and finding those pieces that resonate with them. It really gives them hope. And that's the other piece we need, not just affirmation, but this whole country is lacking in hope. And yes, so I think hope, that's, we're, we're kind of called for that. We're kind of called to that. But hope is not external. Hope is you finding, you being yeah. very clear with who you are, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. 
it has to be that, you know, because, because if we look at just like the healing process in general, you know, you've got uh, uh, shock, denial, anger, sadness, hope kind of follows after that. So if, if you're still shocked by your life and you're still in denial by your life and you're angry about your life or sad about your life, hope is a long way off. Yes, yes. <laughs> so you got to yeah, work hope, on those hope, emotions first. Yeah, and that takes some introspection there. Just hope for the sake of hope is kind of silly if you don't have a plan hooked to it. But a life without hope, in fact, the Bible says hope deferred or not having hope makes the heart sick. So... I'd love, to, I'd love to be that person that uh, inserts a little bit of hope. Um, I'll tell you a, a quick story. I had a, a girl, uh, a guy asked me if I could talk to his sister. She's 25. She, he said she's suicidal. And, I, you know, I'm driving home. It's 9 o'clock at night. I'm like, well, I'm kind of suicidal right now myself. I've been home since 6 o'clock. But, yeah, I'll talk to her. And she wouldn't look at me. And I knew I had to break her state, which is your mood, your thoughts, your beliefs that are all in that real time. So she wouldn't look at me, and I said, uh, who do you want to find your body? And she looked at me. First time she looked at me, she goes, I don't know. I said, I'm not, it's not a prerequisite. I'm just curious. I said, have you written your suicide letter yet? And she said, no. And I said, listen, I'm a good writer. I would love to help you write it so you don't lose the message you're trying to send to everyone. Then she started laughing. She goes, that really sounds stupid coming from you. And I said, it sounds equally as stupid coming from you. And we laughed. And at that point, I saw the trigger. She, did, she didn't want to die. She, you know, there was a, a, she got to laugh, and laughter is hope as well. So yeah. I, I'd love to be that, that tool that, that gets people light to shine that, okay, it's worth fighting for, you know. Yeah, oh, I love that. And let, let me tell you, that's a, what you just did requires an expert. So I just want to make sure that all my listeners Correct. Don't yeah. go to somebody that might be suicidal and and take that that approach. You are an yeah. expert at this, and you're well-trained to have those kind of conversations and support them to that next step. Um, no, and thank but, you for saying that, because I, I, I always use that as the, the tail-end disclaimer that you know, I, I don't do that all the time. It really felt right. And when you're uh, – I'm called Numa coaching. The word Numa is Greek for spirit and breath. And so sometimes you feel, you know, you get yeah. that feeling that this is what I should say. I, I've never said that to anyone else in that situation. It was just so, yes, don't, don't try that at home. That that's not a prerequisite of how you treat someone in that situation. Right. But having the experience that you have and the knowledge and the training that you have, you were able to kind of, create a pattern interrupt and be and support her yes. in seeing her irrationability. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, which is and then she laughed. Yeah. It was. Yeah. And then I, and I told her, if you would give me eight weeks, if you'll just give me eight weeks, I bet we can turn this around, but it's going to be a lot of hard work. And she committed to all eight weeks. She fulfilled her, oh. her duty. Uh, and so again, that that's little, I can't take any credit for that. I always tell people, you do all the hard, heavy lifting. I just say it would be wise to put this down. It would be wise to pick this up. You still have to do all the heavy lifting yourself. Oh, yeah, perfect. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, Gary, we're going to talk a little bit about more of this reframing um, approach. Yes. And then let's look at let's look at some scenarios that are happening today with people and how we can kind of uh, – 
you know, walk them through your training and what you do as a coach um, to be able to support a, a wide variety of listeners right now. We're just going to, we're going to throw it out there that a wide variety of listeners right now are going to be able to reframe um, maybe something that's going on with them. But okay. first I want but first I want to let you guys know that we've got some amazing things coming up for the rest of this month. Um, and going into next month, I've got some really great guests. So this month, we're in the month of inspiration. And it ended up being that we have life coaches and authors of uh, Soul for Leadership. And next week, we have uh, uh, an astrologer. And I know this is kind of like off the beaten path here a little bit for me. But I really appreciated this gentleman's approach to astrology. And it, and it, it has a it has a very scientific approach to it. So you may be a fan of it. You may not be a fan of it, but he's really going to take us back to the history of how astrology started and how it does actually, in fact, create some um, opportunities for people to have that positive mindset um, going forward. So I think it'll be, I think it'll be a fun show. And then going into May, we're talking, we're all about hair. We are going to be have some, some fabulous, fantastic, and very famous hairdressers coming on. So we're going to go beauty on the outside in May while we're beauty on the inside for April. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Are you looking to uncover your authentic self? Looking to improve your communication, selling, or public speaking skills? Discover Naked Audience Productions trainings on public speaking, leadership, sales, and healing. Mastering the art of authentic communications can change your life in many ways. From promotions to profits to enhancing any relationship, whether it's business or personal, finding and speaking your naked truth is a beautiful thing. Visit www.napevents.com or call 877-319-2403. That's napevents.com or 877-319-2403. Are you ready for a disaster? If you are like many people in the world, that answer may sadly be no. Disasters happen unexpectedly to people just like you every day. Tune into Preparing for the Unexpected with business continuity and disaster planning expert Alex Bullock. The show will not only help you better prepare for a disaster itself, but also to prepare you, your place of employment, and community for the aftermath emotionally, financially, and with a better level of awareness and a stronger feeling of resiliency. Tune in Thursdays at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Do you understand your feline friends as well as you'd like? Why do they behave the way they do? If behavior issues get out of hand, how do you fix things? Get the answers and more when you listen to Cat Talk Radio with host Molly DeVos. We'll give you the straight facts, offer some tried and tested ideas, and alert you as to what's being done in this country and worldwide to save cats and shelter challenges. Cat Talk Radio on Voice America Variety. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. 
Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Beauty Inside and Out with Bonnie Bonadeo. If you have a question or comment about our show, please send an email to Bonnie at BonnieBonadeo.com. That's Bonnie at BonnieBonadeo.com. Now back to Beauty Inside and Out. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Beauty Inside and Out. We're talking about the power of positive, the beauty and the power of positive thinking. And um, in our first half here, my guest, Gary Howell, he's a keynote speaker, a life coach, and a business owner of uh, NUMA Coaching Advantage and the NUMA Coaching Institute. And we were talking about this, you know, this, uh, what I liked is, as you shared it, Gary, was rewriting your story. I think that's a very mm. powerful way for, for people to understand that they're kind of caught up in something that they can, in fact, change the outcome. Yeah, I, I think when they come to us for coaching, they feel hopeless. And really what they're saying is fix me. And I'd love to turn it and say, uh, this is your life to fix. Uh, when I use the, the story metaphor, I always say I have uh, no control to go change scene five in Star Wars. Only John Lucas can change scene five. And only you can change and rewrite the story. And I, I, I love the metaphor of, of Jewish literature. Jewish literature and Hebrew literature is beginning, middle, beginning. There is no end in Hebrew literature. And what a great, what, isn't that a great metaphor? There's not, it's, it's not the end of something. It's the beginning of something. What a great reframe. Oh, I love that. I had not heard that before. Thank you for sharing that. So it's beginning, oh, middle, and beginning. And then it's beginning, middle, and beginning. And then our life just keeps going beginning, middle, and beginning, right? Yeah. And, and try, to, try to find negative in that. It's hard to. Uh, so coming to the end of something when you're doing, uh, like people going through a divorce, sometimes the wounded one will say, this is the end. You know, it's painful, but we can rewrite the story to a new beginning. And uh, there again, we've inserted hope and their ownership in the counseling piece. Yeah. So, so we talked a little bit about, um, you know, that you had, that you had made a, a biblical uh, reference about hope. And I think that if anybody has even an inkling of hope, there is an enormous amount of opportunity, kind of like that gentleman that, you know, he lost his job. It's like he saw, he, he thought that was it. He was devastated. There was no hope, you know, and here it ended up, he ended up getting something that was probably better suited, more money, you know, more benefits and all of that. And, and that's, you know, that's kind of like that, that fulfillment there. But we have a tendency to hang on to things. Why? Why are we humans that hang on to things? I think because we're fearful. Uh, I work with a lot of people who've been wounded uh, emotionally, physically, sexually. I used to work with some girls who got rescued from the sex slave trade, just having to totally recreate an identity for them. And, and 
we build walls and hang on to the hurt. Uh, no one wants to live there, but we're going to prepare for the hurt as if we have control. And so while we're hoping for good, we hold on to the bad because if you're going to hurt me, I'm going to be I'm going to be proactive here and uh, I'll leave this relationship. I won't try for this job. And then you can always explain why you feel bad because because <laughs> you don't have these. So yeah, I think it's more of a fear the fear based piece of the human existence. We live in fear. And when when that um, when that cognitive framing happens at a very young age, we don't necessarily. And as we develop more skills and more knowledge and more emotional stability, we don't know how to change it. Like once it's wired, it's it's pretty fixed in there. So it does require. I mean, that's why I really appreciate other coaches like myself uh, and the work that they're doing. I I definitely have an appreciation and value for and see the value for therapists and psychologists and everything. Yeah. Because because listen, if you need help, get help. You know, yeah. and or ask for help at the at at the very least in here because there's lots of people out there that have um, an enormous amount of wherewithal to be able to support people to rewriting their story. And I, I just love the way it's framed like that. Yeah. Good. So what else can we do then to go from maybe a negative mindset to a positive? Because, you know, sometimes, I mean, we've been talking at this point, Gary, an entire life. We're talking about life. But there's everyday things, everyday little things like the person at work that annoys the hell out of us. You know, the traffic yeah. that we have to sit through to, to get to and from. Yeah. So I, I like, uh, I use this thing, I, I love metaphors. Uh, and when I'm working with a client, I try to find out what's interesting to them, what's their, their job, because I'll use those metaphors because they're more open to listening. So I was working with a, a man who played uh, for the Miami Dolphins for about three years. And uh, he was married. Um, he was an African-American man, he had a Caucasian wife, and they live out here in Arizona, and his father-in-law just hated him. Uh, a lot of prejudice and, you know, racial stuff going on there. And so he called me uh, before he went over to uh, Thanksgiving, and I said, so what, what position do you play? He goes, well, I'm a defensive linebacker. I said, okay, what do you do when it's third and ten? He goes, well, I know that I prepare for the pass because they're probably going to pass. I said, okay, let's third and ten your father-in-law. What's he going to say to you? What buttons are he going to push? Uh, and then he w- we went through the list. I go, so what's been your reactions every time? Well, I get mad. I get, okay, let's rewrite your actions. Preparedness, uh, and you might have to do that if you have a long commute and you know you get road rage, you do these positive affirmations, you, you third and ten it while you're in the driveway, and it just doesn't seem to have that same effect on you. So I think it's about preparation and really self-awareness. Yeah, it's so true. And listen, with the with the number of podcasts that are out there, you know, like for me on the East Coast, I come on at five o'clock, you guys, it's the ideal time for you to be tapping yeah. in beauty inside and out, at least on Thursday, right? But of course, I have tons of archives that are podcasted. So, you know, you can pretty much listen to it whenever you want, no matter what time zone you're in. But there's so much wealth of knowledge out there. There's so much um, entertainment factor out there now that we should be able to kind of overcome and, and release some of this. But I totally get that. Metaphors and analogies are a great, a great way for people to kind of bring it to their 
immediate attention, right? Is that what you would say? Like the yeah. awareness yeah. is right in their face. They know how to do something. Like he knew how to, he knew that what was going to happen on the third and 10. Oh, look at me talking sports. I never talk sports. <laughs> I always say that, I always say that this show, it has nothing to do with politics and sports, right? Um, but he knew what to do there. And it was a matter of applying that pattern to what to do yeah. in this with his father-in-law that's 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 really really good very healthy let let me give you another one so i, I one of my clients was a, a car salesman pretty successful and he couldn't get the fact about i, I couldn't teach him self-awareness so we were supposed to meet at 3 15 one afternoon he called me that morning and said are we still on and i said yep silver pickup truck and he said oh, pardon me i said silver pickup truck he asked me for it but i must have said it bonnie i must have said it 20 times silver pickup, silver pickup. And then he said, whatever, see you at three. And he hung up on me. I pull up there. He was already sitting there. And he goes, I know what you were doing. I said, tell me what was I doing? He goes, do you know how many silver pickup trucks I saw today? I said, I bet you saw a bunch, <laughs> didn't you? Because I, I planted the seed of self-awareness. So self-awareness, most of the time when people come to you or me, they already know the answer. It is in there. It's not, yeah. it's for you or I to drag that out of them because they already, they already know. And they're just not aware. They're not self-aware. And so uh, coaching's fun, too, isn't it? I mean, when you get to do things mm-hmm. like that, I, uh, I sometimes pinch myself that I get to do this for a living. Yeah, I, I, I really enjoy it. I, I found a lot of uh, gratification in being able to support people and um, really, really honor their lives and what they've been through. Because, you know, they do share intimately what is going on with them and mm. and you do you do gain that empathy um chip to where you really have to say you never know what's going on with people on the inside you never know so you got it no, you no. got to be you got to tread lightly and be careful with with each and every soul that you have the opportunity to touch because some of them are very fragile yes you know i Whenever I have a client who's just been in remission of cancer, I've had a few, I'll always ask them one question. What did cancer teach you that nothing else could have taught you? It's a reframing question. Let's drag something positive out of a very negative. I see 10, 15 of them that said this. It, it allows me to treat people different. I used to get upset when people were rude, but I was rude coming home from chemo. So he, they said, I, I look at people like no one gets up in the morning and says, how can I be the biggest jerk? So when I meet a jerk, there's something going on in their life. And that's where my empathy should kick in instead of my, uh, you know, full frontal attack back. Yeah, that's so true. I totally get that. And listen, it's not like you and I as a coach and other coaches out there, it's not like we're perfect all the time. Like I get triggered. Oh. I get triggered every day. I mean, and you know, I have cues, um, including mm-hmm. my dog and my fiance and the people that are closest to me in my life to kind of remind me of, you know, those moments and those cues because it's, yep. it's life. It's, and it's part of being human. And like you said in the very beginning, it's, we're designed to be able to survive. You know, yep. it's the happiness part is the, 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 the blessing and the gift and the, and the, the, the dream life. But, the truth is, is we're still in this capacity of doing anything we can to make sure that we survive. Yeah. And I think I was thinking, uh, I was teaching a 
life coach uh, breakout session, and I was sharing with them where I thought I failed a lot in the beginning was I, because I'd experienced pain, I tried to keep people from experiencing pain, and I realized pain is valuable. Uh, pain mm-hmm. lets you know you're alive. Uh, comfort can lull you to sleep. So it's uh, I don't like pain, but pain is probably our best teacher. So when I was avoiding helping them avoid pain, I was helping them avoid a lesson and extending their place of being stuck. So how do I endure the pain and how do I reframe it to where it's a positive piece of my life? That's probably simply put what I, I think I do the best. Yeah. And I, I, and I love that. I love that, that, that you as a coach can be coach yourself. <laughs> yeah. Because, because I sometimes, it. <laughs> sometimes it's really hard. And here's one of the things that I learned from my coaches that I've had over the years. And, and my partner was really, she was a master at being able to do this, but um, you know, sometimes, sometimes we try to help the people that are closest to us. And really what we do is we end up agitating them more. Um, you know, like that, that very infamous thing of what's wrong, nothing. I can tell something's wrong, what's wrong. And all that does is kind of like continue to build up that, that, uh, that negative energy, not this, you know, not the positive energy. And so, as a coach, one of the things that I had learned was to when somebody said, you know, what's wrong? And they're like, nothing or I don't know, you know, is to be able to say, well, guess, guess, guess that, you know, you don't know. Guess anyway. Yeah. Because it's in there. Yeah. Like you said, it's in there. I like the. It, it seems like manipulative tricking. But again, because it's in there and I know it is, well, I'll ask a question and someone says, you know, I don't know. And I'll say, well, if you did know, what do you think it was? And they'll give me an answer, which is so funny because it is in there. And uh, yeah. there's fear to bring it out. Or if once it comes out, now I, I have to either own it or avoid or blame on somebody. So that's why we, we keep that way down in there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that same thing. Let's talk a little bit about some of the areas of expertise that you work in here. Um one of them is marriage and counseling and, and relationships uh, or marriage and relationships. I'm, I'm sure that that keeps you busy. <laughs> um, oh, it, it, you know, it is. How do you overcome? Is, uh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. We, I know we have a little delay here due to our technical yeah. difficulties. It, it's probably the most, uh, well, it's the biggest growing aspect of my coaching business. And I, I tried to move away from it, but it just keeps coming in. And so, and actually, if things work out sometime in the fall, I should have a book uh, called When, you, when Your Marriage Inhales the Numa Life. I'd love to come on with you when it's published and talk a little bit about it. But, yeah, marriage is what seems to be at the top of my coaching list lately. Yeah. Oh, I can imagine. Um, it, it's hard. And I, and I know that the the – what would I call it? The inevitable um, feeling is that people always fear once they go to a therapist um, that that's it. That's the end of the marriage. Like they have these stats out there that, you know, 80% of the time, if you, I don't know what it is, but you know, that if you go to a therapist, the marriage is already done. Like you've waited too long, but because you're not a therapist and you're a coach, there's, there's this kind of like guide and, and nurturing effect versus, tell me all your problems and let's air them out type of thing. Yeah, I think it's important to address the problems, but it's, it's the old adage. I think coaching is 80% front window, 20% rear view mirror. 
And uh, it's important to look in the back and address some of those issues that got us here. But my goal, I, I guess I used to do a lot of counseling. And counseling is here you are messed up. Let's go back and look how you got there. Where coaching is here you are messed up. How can we take you forward? Again, looking back to make sure we don't repeat some things. And so I, I usually take the first couple of times to talk about when you both come into a relationship, you bring baggage. Let's examine the baggage. Let's make our partner aware. Because a lot of times my baggage I'll give to my wife, and it's not even about her. It's about me, but she takes it personally. So if I'm aware of her baggage and she's aware of mine, that's about as negative as we need to go. And then let's, let's with this understanding, let's move forward. Yeah, absolutely. I, I completely agree with that. But, you know, at this point, um, I think our next generation, you know, your daughter, Megan's generation of people, I think they're taking a different perspective on all of this. And hopefully that will be in a in a place where marriages are healthier and lasting longer and and uh, partnerships are in place. <laughs> Because <laughs> we were, I think we were one of those generations that it was really difficult to get through. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that build our baggage is uh, what was modeled before us. So our generation really left uh, a pretty bad model to the younger generation. And I, I think you're right. I, I see younger marriages that are stronger and more mature than couples that are in their 50s been married uh, four times in their in, in their early 52, you know, and I'm like, your daughter is much more wise and forgiving and full of grace. And, and I think they've watched all the pain that's come from, from our generation and multiple yeah. uh, relationships that they don't want to re- they don't want to relive that. No, no, they don't. They don't want that. And, and that's a pattern that we don't want repeating as well. OK, so another area of expertise that you work in is personal development. I, I think. For me as a coach, this is the fun area because it's usually somebody that has a good life. They're at a good place, but they're just stuck or they're bored or they want Mm. more. Um, Or maybe they've had a recent change that they've kind of already dealt with the healing part of that. And now they're ready to kind of like just kind of blossom, I say, you know, or 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 transform into that butterfly. That that those are the clients that I, I find to be very, very help, uh, fun to coach. I, I love to help people find a different part of them. One of my friends who's also a, a coach says, he said, I found that most people will try to get really good at something they really didn't want to be. You know, like uh, they really had a desire to be this. They, they didn't have the opportunity, so they got real good at being a salesperson. When really they wanted to be an artist, they wanted to be a singer. And so I like to let people know you can do both. It's not either or, it's both and. So the parts of personal development, I like to help them self-explore, become self-aware, and maybe just say, hey, uh, you're a really good salesperson, but why don't you, why don't you do some karaoke and, and, and uh, get that gift, you know, help that blossom, as you put it. So that, that's the fun part of personal development to me. Yeah. And then the third, because you did start out with kind of this ministry background and everything. Third is you do spiritual um, transformation and formation for people. And, and I think that's a very powerful one, too, because, again, this is a this is an area of opportunity that as humans, if we can be more compassionate and and in and and connected, connected to source, whatever your source is, but connected to source. Yeah. You know, I'll. I'll meet with people and I understand some of them don't share the same beliefs, but 
if we can at least agree that there's something bigger and higher than us. So the spiritual formation comes like this. Actually, next weekend, I'm doing a, a men's camp, about 70 men up in the mountains, and, and trying to take life from a, a spiritual perspective and marry that with the practical. Um, I don't know who did the quote. Maybe you know, but they said, we are not humans having spiritual experiences. We are spirits having human experiences. And I like that's the premise I love to work through. I love that. Yes, I love that. And I can't remember who said that, but it's very popular. And it does make a lot of sense because if we can tap into that source in our own internal spirit, um, we have some amazing opportunities here. Well, Gary, thank you so much um, for being being a great guest here. Now, tell us before we close out our show, how people can track you down and make a connection with you if they're looking for coaching or they know somebody that might be interested in coaching that you can help. Well, and I'd like to offer to your listeners, anyone who listens today, I'll give, you know, two free sessions on Skype or on phone, or if they're in the Valley here in Arizona, I'll do it in person. They can reach me at numacoach, P-N-E-U-M-A, coach, at gmail.com. Just email me, and uh, I'll send you forums and some self-assessments and some introspective stuff that might help you help bump your journey on the way. Perfect. Will you say that email address again? Okay, numacoach, P-N-E-U-M-A, coach, at gmail.com. Perfect. And I'll add that. uh, I'll have that up on my um, website, you guys. So if you go to my radio show host page and then you click in free dash gifts, um, I'll have that on there for you as well. Then I'll post it on Facebook, too. So that's perfect. So two free sessions. That's a really that's a great offer. Thank you for that. That's very generous of you because a lot can happen one or two sessions with people when they're really present with what they need, um, what they might need. Yeah, no, my pleasure. I'm, I'm glad to do it. Perfect. So, Numa uh, Coach at gmail.com, and it's P, N is in Nancy, E U M A Coach um, at gmail.com. And that's how you can connect yes. with Gary. So, whether it's marriage, whether you have a, a, you know, some life change going on right now, or you're looking for some personal development, or maybe even a, a spiritual transformation, Gary's your guy. He's going to help you out to be able to kind of rewrite your story and probably like live the most positive, beautiful life that you can, right? That's what we're hoping for. Uh, That's a beautiful thing. Thank you, Gary. All right, you guys. Thank you. Yeah. Next week, we got Samuel Reynolds, astrologer. Um, And you know what he said to me, which was really great, is he's a former skeptic of all this astrology stuff. But I'm excited to be able to have him as a guest and to be able to see how can we use astrology to, to... Uh, as a positive thing in our life and to be able to maybe create some inspiration in our life. So join us next week. And then at the end of the month, we're going to be talking to Dr. Gary Saylor, and he's going to share with you that it's safe to love again. So maybe you've been through a relationship, had a hard time looking to love again. He wrote a book on the topic and um, he's going to be able to help for those of you that are single out there. And trust me, it's, it's life is beautiful when you have a healthy Uh, and strong relationships. So if you're single out there and you're looking, be sure to catch my last show of the month. Thanks everybody for being here and remember to always be you in beauty. Thank you for listening to Beauty Inside and Out. 
Please join your host, Bonnie Bonadeo, again next Thursday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week. 